Many are just investing in the S&P 500 because they're told to. They're told it's a simple investment. They're told it's had stable returns, which, yes, it has had pretty consistent returns over time. And it's become a core of many individuals and families' portfolio. And I can completely understand why. Depending on when you invested in the past, would have determined whether you truly made an 8 to 10% return. Because if we look at times like 2000 to 2013, when the S&P 500 barely made any annualized return, these times are bound to happen again sometime in the future. Maybe it won't be for such a long time period, but understanding what you're investing in can help you prepare for this. And it may seem very difficult to understand the entire economy, but you absolutely can. Studying the past eight recessions dating back to the 1960s has given me a unique perspective on both the economy and the stock market. There have been clear entry points into and out of the S&P 500 if you knew what the patterns were. And in the future, there will also be these clear patterns. Investing without knowing these patterns, in my opinion, is more like hoping for the best to happen and trusting others. Welcome to episode 31 of the Visionary Investor Podcast. What if the S&P 500 was less diversified than you thought? The lack of proper diversification begins with not understanding one's investments well enough and not due to owning risky assets or having too much exposure in a sector. Owning companies you don't understand is not diversification in my opinion. There's 503 companies in the S&P 500 and understanding all of these companies would be incredibly time consuming. Since these are large cap companies, you're really investing in the US economy. Understanding a handful of companies instead is much easier than trying to understand a country's entire economy. Yes, you get exposure to 11 different sectors in the S&P 500. However, that alone doesn't make your portfolio diversified. Let's take a look at some research I've done. So I looked at the 11 sector spider ETFs, which are funds that track the performance of each sector of the S&P 500. For example, XLK is made up of the 64 stocks in the S&P 500 from the technology sector. When looking at the correlations of these 11 sector ETFs, I found some very interesting information that I rarely hear talked about. Over the past five years, the average correlation of negative returns between these 11 sectors was shocking. Before I share this number, I encourage you to write down a number on a piece of paper that you think the average correlation of negative returns was between these 11 sector ETFs over the past five years. And if you're brave, send it to us on LinkedIn or email us at support at thevisionaryinvestor.com because we'd love to know what you thought. So the answer is 0.56, which is actually a moderate correlation. Now, of course, each sector ETF has a different weight, as does each stock within the ETF. However, this shows the overall pattern. The sectors in the S&P 500 are more correlated than many people believe. Breaking this down further, this is also saying that the S&P 500 is less diversified than many people believe it to be too. As I mentioned before, you're really investing in the US economy. No matter what you're investing in and how long you're investing for, I encourage you to understand your investments very well, even if you have an advisor. I say this because the stronger research you've done, the easier time you'll have investing in strong companies rather than the entire US economy to truly build and protect your wealth. The US economy isn't easy to understand and many are just investing in the S&P 500 because they're told to, they're told it's a simple investment, 
they're told it's had stable returns, which yes, it has had pretty consistent returns over time. And it's become a core of many individuals and families portfolio. And I can completely understand why. If we base it on history, I would say there's a 99% chance that the S&P 500 continues to return about an 8 to 10% annualized return over the next 40 years, like it's done over the past 40 years. However, we know that past performance does not guarantee future performance. Depending on when you invested in the past would have determined whether you truly made an 8 to 10% return. Because if we look at times like 2000 to 2013, when the S&P 500 barely made any annualized return, these times are bound to happen again sometime in the future. Maybe it won't be for such a long time period, but understanding what you're investing in can help you prepare for this. And it may seem very difficult to understand the entire economy, but you absolutely can. Studying the past eight recessions dating back to the 1960s has given me a unique perspective on both the economy and the stock market. There have been clear entry points into and out of the S&P 500 if you knew what the patterns were. And in the future, there will also be these clear patterns. Investing without knowing these patterns, in my opinion, is more like hoping for the best to happen and trusting others. Instead, take investing into your own hands. Investing knowing these patterns would have made you significantly higher returns. And I can confidently say investing knowing economic patterns can make you significantly higher returns in the future as well. I've had my success investing in a handful of individual stocks, which is why I teach that versus investing in baskets of funds. I do truly believe it's quite difficult to understand how each individual holding is working with one another or against in an entire portfolio. And what we often see is a handful of holdings controlling a large percentage of that portfolio or ETF. Of course, it's not practical to be projecting the performance of 500 companies and to know them inside and out. On top of this, the S&P 500 is moderately correlated based on the past five years. And I want investments that are low or negatively correlated when looking at negative returns. If you're wondering why, it's because it's better for not all of your investments to fall a lot together at the same time. I'd rather own strong stocks that don't fall together at the same time than an ETF others say will get me 8 to 10% annually. But that's just me. This is one of the reasons why I teach about securing your own optimal diversified stock portfolio where you can target 15 to 20% plus annualized returns with just three to seven strong large cap stocks in different sectors that have had low or negative correlations of negative returns over the past five years and even 10 years. Looking at sample portfolios that I've made, the correlation of negative returns is almost always low and it's never moderate. And the reason for this is because I'm strategically looking for companies that are going to work well together on the downside. Companies that are in different sectors, they're in different lines of business, they operate completely differently, but they're still strong companies. And one may do better when we're in a recession, it may be more defensive. Another company may be stable pretty much throughout a longer time period. And then we're going to have those companies that do exceptionally well. Regardless of the diversification part, investing in strong assets is the most important thing that you can do. 
by investing in 503 companies, even though many have minimal weights, you're not investing in all strong assets. And again, this has historically still made a solid 8 to 10% annualized return, but I know you can do much better than this with less risk with the right knowledge in your hands. If you're interested in learning more about this, send us an email and we'll share more information with you. As an investor, we all have unique goals and investing in the S&P 500, in my opinion, is like combining all of our goals into one. It's an investment that people are familiar with, that they're comfortable with, but when you really break down what you're investing into, looking at investing into the US economy, is that really what you want to be investing into? Is that really what you think you're investing into? I encourage you to learn more about your investments, no matter what they are, because without understanding them well and just relying on someone else, you're bound to make mistakes that could cost your financial future, it could cost your family a fortune, and it could truly impact the rest of your life. Knowledge is power, and that power can be used to build and protect your wealth for yourself, your family, and generations to come. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast, and continue listening everywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Disclaimer, this recording and the information contained within is for educational purposes only. The Visionary Investor does not offer any personal financial advice or advocate the purchase or sale of any securities or investments for any specific individual. We are not financial professionals and make no claims to be. Everything shared by us here on social media or elsewhere, including all videos, materials, documents, and any other information are for educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. It's imperative that you conduct your own research before making any investments. We will not assume liability of any kind for any losses that may be sustained as a result of applying any methods taught by the visionary investor. Please click on the link in the description to read our full disclaimer on our website.